Hi there, this is Alana. Welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. Hi, Jamie. Hi, I just got like a a crazy Zoom. Zoom is always changing things up. And I just got this thing on Zoom that was like, this meeting is being recorded. I got that too. I don't think everybody else heard it, but if you did, you you now know that Jamie and I record our meetings. Can you believe it? You can't even begin to believe it, but yeah, that's funny. (laughs) It's just every, every time I turn around, they're doing something new. So shout out to Zoom and their ever improving platform. (laughs) Exactly. Well, kind of. Sometimes it's really annoying when they change things up. Yeah. Well, for a long time, I, they, I'm guessing it's because of security issues. Everyone Uh, began on mute and that maybe that's just a setting, but I never used to be like that. I always just was Mm. in, Mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, but I've had to unmute myself and that caused problems a few times with not being heard. (laughs) Right, right. Well, God bless mute. (laughs) God bless zoom. (laughs) Yes. Thank God for zoom. It's been really, really helpful, but we, we were zoom pioneers before zoom was even a thing. Oh yeah. We've been doing years and years, four years. Yeah. When did your book come out? Do you remember that was probably 2015 or 16? Yeah, it was, latest. it was actually, I remember cause it came out the year I turned 40, which was 2016. Okay. Yeah. So we were using it then cause we were doing screen shares and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, anyway, none of this has anything to do with our episode. It so welcome end. to our episode. Welcome to our coffee break episode. I am excited. This question comes from, who's it come from? Valerie. Valerie. It's actually our friend Valerie over at Candidly Christian. So we have, yeah. So Valerie put this in her, um, over in the Candidly Christian, like the Candid Gals Facebook group that that the Facebook bloggers or that the Candid, Candidly Christian bloggers are on. And she just said, I just had this question, you know, do prayers mm-hmm. count retroactively. And it's something I've been thinking about. We've mentioned it in podcast. Oh, episodes. for sure. So I just thought it would be really fun to make this a like official coffee break episode. Yeah. For those of you who aren't familiar with our coffee break episodes, this is where you submit questions or topic suggestions. And Jamie and I get to show up and just kind of chit chat about our opinions on the matter. And you can submit your topic suggestions to us at prayingchristianwomen.com slash questions. That's right. Well, if you want, we can pray and jump in. Let's do it. Do you want to pray for the show? Yes. Sounds good. God, we just thank you for this. Another time to talk about a prayer related question. As always, we just pray that you would guide us and direct us and help us to just remain true to scripture and um, to have a really thought provoking discussion that will help encourage us and others in their prayer lives and just help us to grow a little bit closer to you during this time. Amen. Amen. All right. So here's our specific question. It says, do prayers count retroactively if you forget to pray for someone? Like, can you pray for events that have already happened? Yeah. And I, you know, the first thing that I thought of, cause I, I did a little research when I saw this question. And the first thing that I came to was that there is actually a study Um, There's an NCBI, which is a a journal. Um, There was a study published in in NCBI 
that was, um, or I guess it's a journal or maybe it's a database, actually. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But there is a study published, and I have a link that I'm going to link to in the notes. And what this study, in summary, it said, remote intercessory prayer said for a group of patients is associated with a shorter hospital stay and shorter duration of fever in patients with a bloodstream infection, even when the intervention is performed four to 10 years after the infection. So wow, that- so they actually did a study on this. I would have never even thought, I, I thought we were just gonna get to come here and talk like theoretics and quantum physics and all kinds of like space time continuum. That is amazing. And we still can, but it actually, it they, they found a statistical improvement or I guess a statistically better outcome mm-hmm. for patients when intercessory prayer is performed four to 10 years after an infection, I find that, that is interesting. So cool. Okay. So I, let's layman terms. It's not everybody loves reading abstract. So they yeah. took patients who had already undergone, what was it a surgery or they had a certain illness? Who, so who were the patients? The patients, it looks like they had um, fever and bloodstream infection. Okay. Shorter so they, duration of fever in patients. So there was a, they took patients that had bloodstream infections. And then and 10 then, years later, had people start praying for some of them? Is that presumably yeah, how they did it? So they and, would be like, we're so looking I, at these doctor records and we're going to give these prayer intercessors the names of some of these patients to have them pray for them like years later. And then we're going to go back and see who recovered fastest, right? Yes. And so what it says, there's a double blind parallel group, randomized controlled trial. So this isn't just saying yeah. how many of you had people praying for you. Right. It, the, the patients in July. Okay. So there were pay, Okay. So here, 3,393 adult patients whose That's bloodstream infection mm-hmm. was detected at the hospital in okay. 1990 through 1996. And then in July, 2000, patients were randomized to a control group and intervention group. And then a remote, retroactive, so remote meaning not near them, Mm -hmm. retroactive meaning years later, intercessory prayer was said for the well-being and full recovery of the intervention group. I am so nerding out. How dramatic was the difference? So it says mortality. So the death was so was 28.1%, which was 475 out of 1,691 in the intervention group. So that was the group where they actually prayed. So the mortality mm-hmm. was 28.1%. And the mortality rate was 30.2%. So that mm-hmm. is 514 out of 1,702 in the control group. So I don't know statistics very well. It says P for difference equals 0.4. And so the duration, the length of stay in the hospital and duration of fever were significantly shorter in the intervention group than in the control group. P equals 0.01 and P equals 0.04 respectively. Now that is statistic talk for whether the or results not were the results could just be right. naturally. Random. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So right, it right. sounds like they're saying it made a difference. It made a significant small but difference. significant yeah. statistic difference, which is interesting. 
That is so cool. I'm so glad you even thought to look that up. And I think that that's such a creative way to measure something because I was going to be doing it like, well, we're never going to know. Right. So what's the harm of praying for something that happened? You never know, but Hey, now we've got this really interesting study that shows that now. Okay. I go ahead. Well, I was just going to say it's one study and there are, you know, a lot of times in science, you need to take lots of, lots of data to kind of make sure Mm -hmm. that what you're seeing is real. You got to know who sponsored the study. You've got to know what the Mm -hmm. angle is and what they're looking for, but it is encouraging and kind of neat. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting. I think the one thing that I would encourage people to do, and then, you know, you and I can dive in with kind of our, our thoughts on the subject matter. I just, I would hate to see somebody get to the point. I could see you going so extreme at this that you get almost paralyzed, right? So that you start thinking about every single person who's ever died or gotten sick. And you feel like now you're, it's your fault (laughs) if, if you didn't pray harder or, you know, think about the people who are already suffering guilt because they prayed for somebody to recover from an illness and they didn't. I would hate for this conversation to heap guilt on them even now. Well, you should have been praying even now. In in that sense, I feel like the linear progression at which we experience time is a blessing. You know, mm-hmm. I think about David and his son is struck ill as punishment for David's sin. And David fasts and prays and begs God to save his child's life. The child dies. And then do you know what? David gets up and he washes himself and he goes and eats. And so sometimes I think, especially if we're talking about mortality, sometimes in our experience of time, we are given that finality. Mm -hmm. So I would hate to see somebody feel the burden to all of a sudden start praying for somebody who died 20 years ago, thinking that maybe you can retroactive retroactively extend their life. Like maybe they died in June and you feel like now I need to pray harder because otherwise they would have died in May. You know, like, I feel like sometimes it's actually a blessing to get a solidified answer from God. No, I'm not going to heal this person as an example. And just like with David, he didn't keep on continuing to pray for his child after his child died. So I just, I want to start with that. And then I want to geek out about all of the different possibilities and all the science and theory behind this. I totally agree. And I think the number one pitfall is paralysis, prayer analysis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, know? that was a good pun. I love that word, but I, I just feel like that is, you know, I, I believe that God gave us time for a reason. I mean, in terms of, you know, even if this study hadn't been done and we have to take the study with a grain of salt, you know, we have to take it with a grain of salt, um, and not look at it as biblical truth because it's not, and we don't Mm -hmm. know all Mm -hmm. the details. I think it's interesting. I think it's definitely encouraging in terms of like God, we know from the Bible that God exists outside of time as we know it because the Bible says, you know, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years, like a day to God. He's, he's not confined to time in the way that we know it. And if he created the world, and this is my personal opinion is, you know, I just think of God, if he created the universe 
And if he is an eternal God, then he's absolutely outside of time. And yet also in the midst of time with us because he's everywhere and everything. Yeah. Some Um, people take it a tiny bit too far, in my opinion, where they talk about, you know, heaven is being totally timeless. Like when we get to heaven, we'll have no experience of time. And either that's, in my opinion, reading too much into it, or our brains just can't even fathom what that would be like. So why bother trying to guess? But, you know, we are told that there are saints in heaven praying, how long, Lord, Till you bring justice. So in my opinion, at the very least, the saints in heaven do experience time, even in heaven. Right. And even if God himself could be timeless, heaven, I mean, God himself is not a creation, mm-hmm. but the angels are creations yeah. and yeah. heaven itself could be a creation separate yeah. from out what we experience. So yeah, yeah. And we I don't think, know. We don't yeah, know at all. I think God allows himself and again, this is totally conjecture. None of it this is. is really biblical, <laughs> but I think if you, if you take this concept that God is outside of time to too much of an extreme, that almost leads to, well, God doesn't care about what you're going through right now, because in God's mind, you're already in heaven and you've been there <laughs> forever. So you're sad today because something terrible happened and God almost doesn't care because he's not confined to today. He's already at the part where you get a happy ending from it. And I, I feel like we're told Jesus is our sympathetic high priest. I believe that God is with us in our sorrows and in our struggles. And so in my mind, there is the very least a volitional experience of time that even God experiences because otherwise he couldn't walk with us. He couldn't experience emotions with us, he would be so far removed. And yes, I acknowledge that this could just be my finite brain trying to figure out how an infinite God is personally connected in my life. But I think that that's, that's another caution about going extreme to this idea that God is outside of time. You could get very fatalistic because then nothing matters. Right. And you could get to the point where you're I think another thing is when you start to put these things together, like I like to put the puzzle pieces together, but God is outside of the realm of, you know, what is the, the verse that just talks about, um, about basically heaven and God, like they're so far beyond anything that mm-hmm. we could ever comprehend yeah. with our, with our finite yeah. minds. No, I has seen, no ear has heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. No, I have seen, no ear has heard. And, And basically you could get caught up in trying to create a theology of Mm -hmm. God's timelessness or confinement to time that, that might limit who God is in our lives. And, and, and so you do need, we need to hold everything with open hands and, and test it against scripture. But the one thing that I also want to just add to the caution of getting caught up in living in the past and trying to, you know, cover all the bases like oh I just learned about my great grandfather that was in the war and and I want to uh I want to pray for God's protection Uh for him so I come into existence I mean right these things a little silly you could get so wrapped up and when we look at Jesus and his example his prayers were focused on the people that were in his circle and Mm -hmm. what they would do in the future and how the the kingdom would unfold in the future through them and so That's such a good point. His prayers were very future focused. Even the Lord's prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done. This isn't saying, 
it's not a looking back prayer or when Jesus prays for Jerusalem or when Jesus prays for his disciples at the last supper, his prayers are forward focused. And I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind. Yeah. But the context of this conversation was one of our friend Valerie, our friend was praying for Jessica, another one of our friends in candidly Christian, and she had had trouble sleeping. And I think Valerie, I think that the thing was Valerie had forgotten to pray for Jessica the night before. So that morning she prayed, God, please, I pray that you would have been with Jessica Mm -hmm. yesterday Mm -hmm. and that she would have gotten a good night's sleep because I'm sorry, I forgot that (laughs) God. Yeah. Honor what that is that? The, the plue perfect tense or something like that? Is that the would haves <laughs> and all of that? I'm not fabulous. Will have been with her. <laughs> will have in the, yeah. Would so have been. Yeah. the one thing, you know, we don't want to get so superstitious. That's mm-hmm. the one thing. Like if you wake up and you forget to have prayed for somebody, first of all, yeah, I think it's totally fine, especially before you know the outcome, right? Mm-hmm. I pray that Jamie was not in that plane accident I heard about yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't hear about it. That's hypothetical. But I think especially before you know the outcome, I think it makes total sense. Yeah, I pray that, um, yeah, whatever. You hear about something, you worry that somebody that you love was in an accident. I pray that that's not them. Mm -hmm. I think that that is absolutely appropriate. Now, where I want to be a little bit cautious, and even just in the wording of the question, do retroactive prayers work if you forget? And it almost, I think that what we want to be careful about is this picture of God with a clipboard being like, okay, well, did Jamie say these five words today? And if not, I don't get to bless her. You right. know, I, I don't think it's, it's quite like that. So I think my thought is, yeah, go ahead and say these retroactive prayers, but also don't get into this cycle of what did I forget to pray for? What did I forget to pray for? What bad thing happened? That's my fault because I forgot to pray. I think it's way better to pray prayers like God help me or help bring to mind the things that you want me to pray for, as Mm -hmm. opposed to always looking, looking back. Cause I feel like that leads to a lot of can lead to a lot of regret and to that paralysis. Like we talked about. Yeah. And when we look at prayer, not as a tool to get what we want to happen, but we look at it as a relationship with God, I think there's a freedom to pray for things like that. Valerie in her heart, loving her friend, going to Mm -hmm. God whom she knows loves her friend also. Yeah. There's freedom to pray like that and and not Mm -hmm. feel like it's sacrilegious or, you know, because I think that was her question. Like, is this wrong for me to do this? And Mm -hmm. um, a couple of, uh, one woman in the group brought up a couple of scriptures that were interesting that we could maybe look at. Um, so she said, well, what, I, what, what came to her mind was Isaiah 65, 24 that says before they call, I will answer while they are still speaking, I will hear. And, you know, she thought of that verse, which in Isaiah, I think, which I mean, the, the prophecies can have dual meanings. They can right. be referring to different mm-hmm. time periods. Mm-hmm. It seems like one of those time periods that it's referring to is the new heavens and the new earth, kind of that mm-hmm. when, when mm-hmm. God will be with his people and they will be right. unified in a way that, that we did not experience on earth. Or maybe when mm-hmm. God's people who were exiled, who were separated from him, were going to be coming 
into like maybe when the Messiah is there that he will, yeah. he will be with them. But that is interesting. Before they call, I will answer. While they're still speaking, I will hear, which kind of is a testament in, in just of God's character that he is omniscient, that he knows <laughs> before we speak the words, what exactly. our desires and hearts cries are. Mm-hmm. Well, and Jesus says, you know, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Right. That's another one. Uh-huh. Now, okay. So let's get into praying for people who've already died, right? Let's say we have family members who died. And as far as we know, weren't saved when they died. Now, I don't think that my prayers, let's say they did die unsaved. My prayers now, I don't feel are going to do them any good. And, you know, at least historically, there were some people in the church who would teach that, yeah, pray for your dead relatives that they can get out of hell. I don't think it works that way, but I, I do sometimes find myself praying the would haves. I pray that they would have come to you in their last moments. And yeah, I, I don't see that being wrong. I also don't necessarily see it being commanded either. I just think it, it falls under the category of things that we have the freedom to bring to God. Mm -hmm. And I think it does bring me some solace, right? Like we know of a young man who died in a very tragic car accident and it sounds as if he might've suffered a decent amount before his death. And so I, when I think about just how sad and tragic that is, I do find myself praying for him. I find myself praying that he was unconscious through the entire thing. I find myself praying that it was more instantaneous than the family fears it might have been. And Mm -hmm. again, I feel like that at the very least, it brings me a sense of, well, I'm doing something (laughs) right. And I definitely don't feel like it's a wrong kind of prayer. I feel like I said that it falls into the freedom that we have to pray. Does it change things? It might. That's, you know, that's where, well, I don't know. I mean, God, yeah. So I'm praying for somebody who died three years ago, but four years ago, God knew I was going to be praying that prayer today. Mm -hmm. So sure. Who's to say it doesn't have some kind of power and impact, but again, I don't see this as something that we all need to go into our prayer closets and spend an hour a day praying over, you know, Hitler not invading France or something like that. Yeah. And, and I think again, when it happens, like when we are coming to God for something and it comes out of a desire to place life in God's hands, you know, to just Mm -hmm. to place the desires of our hearts in God's hands, that interaction, I, I think there, you know, the, at the very least, there's there's freedom in that and coming to mm-hmm. him like that, mm-hmm. um, as long as we don't take it too far to the extreme of, yeah. of trying to figure out the ins and outs of how it all works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Might never know until eternity. Exactly. So I think that we can kind of, I think the conclusion that maybe you and I both agree on is there's certainly nothing wrong with praying for past events. It might be effective. And at the very least, it can help us draw close to God, which is what prayer really is about. Yep. And coincidentally, when Valerie asked Jessica about how she slept the night before, she slept really Uh, well. That's great. I love it. Well, there we go. We have indisputable proof. (laughs) Not only do we have a study, Uh but we have anecdotal evidence. So let me give you a just for fun. 
Think about something that you have already gone through and how you would want to pray for that situation today, knowing with certainty, like let's, let's say that we had this discussion and we were both able to come to the hundred percent conclusion that, yeah, the prayers that you pray today about things 10 years ago are just as effective as the prayers you've prayed today for things 10 years in the future, mm-hmm. right? So what do you want to go back and pray over in your own life? I would say I do a lot of thinking about the what ifs of if I had not mm-hmm. made a tiny decision yeah. in my life, like or if butterfly my effect things hadn't uh-huh. made a tiny decision, then, you know, then we were just talking about this recently. If, um, you know, if, if he had made, he almost got a job, my husband almost got a job mm-hmm. in New York when he was right out of college and he did not, he was one of three finalists. And mm. if he had been chosen for that, he would not have come back. He would have been working. He would not have come back for the graduation that we reconnected at because we went to college mm. together and then mm. he graduated first. And then he came back. I think it was my graduation when a group of us were graduating. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he came back for that graduation. And that's where we reconnected and exchanged our uh, AOL instant messenger. Uh, what year was that? Uh, 97. Wow. Yeah. It was All right. So, I mean, he might've even been spared the nine 11 everything too, huh? Oh yeah. Didn't even think about mm-hmm. that, but anyway, yeah, it, so, so we would have, we would have not probably reconnected and not been together. So I don't know. I think just, I would be praying like, okay, God, make sure, make sure that he gets the right job and doesn't get the right uh. job, you know, cause he really wanted that job. <laughs> uh-huh. or also, I look back at, at me and just some of the decisions, like I almost got married to someone else and mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I wanted to get married to this person. And it was only the advice of our pastor. When I went to him, wow. and I, like, I don't know what to do. We, you know, I hadn't even told the pastor that we had really been having issues and that he had been Mm -hmm. having doubts. And I went to him and if, and it was, it was one of those like hair decisions where I almost didn't call him and I did call him late one night and I said, I don't know what to do. My fiance is having these doubts. I hadn't really told you about it, but I don't know what to do. And the advice that he gave me was ask him if, if he, if you weren't engaged today, would he ask you to marry him today? And if the answer is yes, then stay engaged and, and talk through maybe out, yeah. going through the marriage. If he says, no, you need to stop and reevaluate wow. you because you need to know that he would ask you to marry you. So I did. And he said, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I would ask you. And that was history. That was history. And so I would go back and I would pray, God, please let me make the right decision to, ask, <laughs> to call uh-huh. my pastor, things like that. I don't That's necessarily hilarious. have things I want to change because I'm so right, right. afraid that the ripple effects would cause me not to have the kids I have. Today right. Or, exactly. You know? Like, yeah, these are prayers that are almost, yeah, because they're not going to change. Right. But yeah, I think for me, I would go and just pray for times when like we were really sick or something. I was talking to my friend the other day about when I was so sick with swine flu and Mm -hmm. pregnant and it, it really did turn into just a mental struggle to, to not just assume that, okay, I was going to die because I got it really early on. 
in the right. epidemic. And the only people that we knew of who had died in the news were pregnant women right. and otherwise healthy pregnant women. And I was around the age that my mom had been when she died. And so it, it really was just this mental struggle to not just, it, I, it, I make it sound really melodramatic, but it kind of was, you know, like it That's felt like it, I had to make a conscious effort. Like I'm going to stay alive. going to keep breathing now. I never got hospitalized. It could have been worse, but yeah, I would think about praying for myself in those times, just the times where I was the lowest. Mm -hmm. And I think that could actually be a really neat exercise to picture yourself at some of your lowest points and pray for your past self. Now, if this is something that feels really uncomfortable to you, or it feels to you like it's bordering on sacrilege or superstition, don't do it. If you're comfortable with it, again, this is, in my opinion, this is just an example of using your imagination to grow your prayer stamina and your, your prayer. It, I, I feel like it can just inspire you to be a better prayer. So picture yourself at one of your really, really low points. And I think the question you could ask yourself is like, knowing everything I know now, how would I want to pray for myself? Mm. Right. And like I said, is it going to change who you are today? Maybe not, right? Maybe, you know, I would say there's this 5% chance that, yeah, back in 1997, God knew that you were going to pray for this thing today in 2021, right? 5% chance that your prayer might impact things. But I think the bigger reason to at least explore thinking about this kind of praying is just it helps you to pray more thoroughly so next time when you're going through something low or maybe I'm praying for somebody else who's going through something low I remember that the emotions and the feeling of going into deep intercessory prayer for somebody well and you could even take that a step further and put out, put a written prayer in your journal or somewhere mm -hmm. for that situation, because no doubt we're going to be in situations where we're low and we can't pray for ourselves. Yes. yes. So it's so, almost like praying for yourself. that self. <laughs> yeah. And then you have this prayer that you can read through when you're at your low mm -hmm. point and you don't mm -hmm. have the energy and you can say, Oh, I mean, it's a gift for, to yourself yes. to be able to read yes. that. You, one Absolutely. other thing that I would pray for is I think of my mom when she had dementia mm -hmm. and probably yeah. the toughest time for her was that transition period between being totally with it and knowing what yes. was going on. It's heartbreaking. And then being aware of her mm -hmm. mental decline. And she would kind of come in and out of, of, yeah. of uh, being lucid. And when she would come out of a time of being confused Many times it had something to do with not recognizing my dad or running mm -hmm. away from him. And she yeah. hated that. And so I would I'm pray sure. just for God's comfort with her, you know, and her peace. And, um, and also after she was, because for me, I know this wasn't true with every dementia patient, but my mom, after she was very confused to the point where she, it was questionable whether she knew who I was Yeah, she was happy. She was a happy person though. Mm -hmm. And my mm -hmm. prayer would be for her that, that God would just bring her joy in that, yeah. not knowing oh, that I even if it. she, yeah. So those, those kinds of prayers, I think back to. Yeah. yeah. So I was going through this funny kind of, you know, talking about our warnings about how people could make this too extreme. Yes. <laughs> so imagine I come to you and I'm like, Hey, guess what, Jamie, the allies won world war two. And it's all because I prayed about it yesterday. You know, like you could, 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm the one who got Hitler overrun. It was my prayers, but you know, I feel like yeah, let's let's allow for the small chance that our retroactive prayers can actually be very effective. Not only, I think they're effective in drawing us close to God. I think right. they're effective That's in giving so us good. peace and solace, but let's, let's just assume there's a small chance they can also be at least somewhat effective in praying for, for things. I will concede that there is an itty, itty, bitty, bitty chance that if you and I weren't having this conversation right now, and you weren't remembering the joy that your mom had in her later stages and kind of praying for her to be happy and joyful, maybe she would have had more bad days back then than she actually did, right? I'm going to concede there's a small chance, but let's also not forget how much more we can be convinced that our prayers for the future are effective, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's why in scripture, we see prayers for the future. We don't see prayers. The prayers that we see looking back are prayers of remembrance and prayers of praise and prayers mm-hmm. of gratitude. So honestly, I think saying, God, thank you so much that my mom had these happy days yeah. in her last year. I think that's that's much more effective than saying, God, I pray that my mom would have a happy day, you know, in, in her last year of life. 2002 or <laughs> right. whatever. Right. But then we pray for the future with 150% certainty that those prayers do create, basically, I mean, we can even get really nerdy and call it like alternate realities, right? Now, I'm not talking about there's actually 5 billion Jamies and one of them didn't pray for her mom today and one of them did. You know, I'm not talking about that, but, you know, we know that God knows all of the contingencies. He doesn't just know our reality. He knows all the contingencies. He knows what would have happened if your husband had taken that job in New York. And he knows mm-hmm. all of the things that would have come from it. And I, I think that the, the scriptural reason we know that is when Jesus talks and he says, you know, oh, you cities, if you had repented, then, I mean, and these are cities that had been, this is like Sodom and Gomorrah, like thousands of years after their destruction. Had you seen these miracles, you would have repented and you would have been spared. So I think that's really, again, it doesn't do much in our day to day, but I feel like it can give so much fuel to our prayers and be such a powerful reminder of how our prayers can create history. So God knows these contingencies. God knows how history would be different if people back in the 30s hadn't been praying against Hitler, right? He knows what that would have looked like. And looking forward, we can be 100% convinced that our prayers are shaping, shaping history, shaping reality. And I think it can be such a powerful burden to think about this. You know, what, what would happen if I prayed every single day the way that I was meant to pray in order to change history. Like sometimes we get too fatalistic and we feel too helpless. And we think of prayer is just the flossing your teeth thing that you do because God tells you to do it and it doesn't really do anything. Right. But you really were to understand just how much power one person has to affect change on a global level, feel like that will keep us encouraged and inspired to pray, even when we don't see results, or even when we don't really feel like it, or even when our minds get distracted. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. That's so well said. Yeah. 
Well, I'm really glad that we got this, this, this question is, in. this is really fun to, to throw around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say the one area that I don't feel is scripturally based that I know at least historically some church groups have dabbled in, you know, I don't think that we should be praying for God to release somebody's soul from hell, right? Like we shouldn't be praying for our ancestors that God would like they're in hell today and we want God's to release them to heaven. But I think everything else in there, you know, up to and including, Hey, I pray that before this person died, they accepted you, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're, we're kind of given, there is a finality, man is destined to live, die once. And after that you face judgment, but up to, and including everything before that point, I would say, yeah, go ahead and give your prayer muscles a little bit of a, a new variety of kind of prayer and just don't let that overshadow how important our forward looking prayers are. You yeah. know, this, I feel like these retroactive prayers, it's just this itty, itty bitty part of our prayer arsenal, right? I feel like the bulk of the power an impact comes when we are praying to shape the future, but Hey, why not throw some of these prayers in? And I, I especially think that it can help bring you some solace in things like your mom, right? Pray that mm-hmm. she had some really happy days. I pray that. Yeah. Okay. She's dead. We know she's in heaven. She's happy now, but I don't think it's wrong to just look back and say, well, God, I hope that, you know, I hope that she had a really great last six months of her life or things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Cool. Well, well anything else you want to add? No, I think that's a good segue into our prayers for the unsaved. Let's do it. Which we are focusing on the present and the future, not the past. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the prayers for the unsaved, if, if you're not familiar with this, if this is your first time hearing about 30 days of prayer for the unsaved, this is a really great resource that Alana put together a while back and it's 30 prayers and um, you can go to prayingchristianwomen.com slash unsaved and you can get these um, prayers delivered daily to your inbox if you want to be praying on your own and not wait for our coffee breaks when we usually pray through these one at a time and you can also go to Amazon and find if you look up 30 days of prayer for the unsaved by Alana um, you can find that book in paperback and it's large print. It's an amazing resource and I love it. I have like several of them and I like to give them as gifts once in a while. I do. So, um, but yeah, this is one of the many and it gives you just a great spectrum of prayers to pray. Like Alana was talking earlier about just adding kind of fuel to your arsenal. I mean, just praying, God, let this person be saved can feel like it gets repetitive and Mm -hmm. you can lose momentum by just checking that off your box, you know, but this gives you many different facets to pray for these people in your life that God has led you to pray for. So exactly. Let's pray. Dear God, you are a merciful and loving God who wills that none should perish, but that everyone should come to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. The reality of hell is incomprehensible at times, Lord. The thought of my friend falling under your wrath is terrible. Please extend your mercy to my friend today. Remember the blood Jesus shed so they could be saved from their sins and spend eternity with you. Only you know what it will take for my friend to come to you. If the fear of hell is the motivating factor that will draw them to repentance, please show them where they will be headed if they do not turn to you. 
I can't bear the thought of my friend being separated from you for all eternity. I'm sure your heart must break even more so at the idea. So please extend your mercy and grace and grant your salvation to my friend today. Amen. Amen. So again, if you had a, a topic or a question about prayer that we can cover in a future Coffee Break episode, you can send that to us at prayingchristianwomen.com slash questions. And how about I'll go ahead and close us in prayer for this episode. Sounds good. God, thank you so much that you are so infinite and eternal. And I just love that our brains can't even fathom what it means to not have a beginning or an end. And I just pray that today's conversation that Jamie and I had would be encouraging to those who listen. We pray that you would help us to be even more inspired and passionate in our prayers. We just thank you for the opportunity to worship you and to bring our prayers and petitions before you. It's such a gift. I pray that we would treasure that gift of prayer so closely and give you all of the adoration and worship that's yours. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.